So as you may have heard in our last episode of Forbidden Rice, I moved for a job in Sacramento. Now obviously, this is a big change. I had been living at home for the previous five and a half years, and this was the first time I was moving out since I started college. Now I gotta say, it's a strange experience. I found an apartment that's pretty damn close to my work, and I live with a housemate. The first thing I thought about when looking for apartments is how crazy the whole notion of rent was. Now obviously it makes sense if you're a capitalist and you want to commodify everything from healthcare, housing, natural resources, and and, you know, things like that. Um, But in terms of having human values and believing in justice, the whole idea of rent is utterly ridiculous. You're literally forking over a significant chunk of your paycheck for shelter. You're literally paying rent or you're dying from the elements. It's, you know, it's literally someone erecting four walls and a roof and then telling someone to pay up if they want to stay in this enclosed space. And this conception of property rights is completely legal because the state and the police enforce it. I'm just thinking about how nice it is to be rich and how much freedom someone has when they're, you know, wealthy, when they're making the big bucks. You can basically live in whatever neighborhood you want, in what building you want, you know, whether you want to live in this neighborhood or that neighborhood, or, you know, you want to live closer to work, or if you want to, you know live closer to, you know, attractions or in a safe neighborhood. If you're rich, you basically have all that freedom of choice. And if you're poor, being poor limits your choices, especially when it comes to housing. You might not get to live in the nice neighborhood. Maybe you're living in a neighborhood that has a lot of crime, or maybe everything is broken down, or you're living really far away from work where there's not a lot of transportation or the infrastructure is bad so it's a very unfair system anyways i got a new job and you know it's pretty decent it's a good organization there's opportunities for advancement pay is decent and so on but i couldn't help but feel that man this is it i might be working here from 8 a.m to 4 30 p.m five days a week for the next 30 years. It was like a sudden realization. Now I posted this on Facebook and the responses I got were predictable and not that surprising. Now people were implying that I wasn't grateful, that things could be worse, and I, and if I wanted to trade places with them. Now I completely understand where these people are coming from, but you know, I don't believe in this, oh, you can't complain because someone has it worse than you kind of mindset. That just legitimizes the whole system. It's that whole ladder of oppression mindset that the legitimacy of your voice is proportional to the oppression that you faced. I guess we can't do anything until who we deem the lowest on the totem pole speak up. Now the whole privilege concept is just a tool to silence people rather than an actual question of political program or action. And the whole, let's just be grateful argument is just so silly because you're essentially normalizing the circumstances that surround you. 
The slave shouldn't protest his condition because the master clothes and feeds him. The serf shouldn't grumble because the lords grant him land. And, you know, you get my point. Now, I'm not making an empty complaint just to elevate my clout or to be a whiny, selfish person. The whole point is to change the circumstances so everyone can maximize their freedom and retain their humanity when it comes to work. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, Karl Marx had a concept called alienation and estrangement. Let me just explain it a little bit. And, you know, just think about your work and your existence. A third of your day is devoted to your job. Maybe you hate it. Maybe you love it. But the fact of the matter is, you're compelled to do it because if you don't, you're not going to get any money and you're going to die. Now, for many of us, we work for an employer. And for 8 to 12 hours a day, we go to work and our bosses tell us what time to come in, when we leave, what to do, what to make, how to make it, and what to do with it. You don't own the job. The job owns you. You're essentially leasing your freedom to the employer who controls every aspect of organization and production and can fire you whenever they please. You're paid your salary or wage, and whatever value you add, whether it's through a big sale or an efficiency-boosting program, the employer reaps all those benefits. Say you're paid $10 an hour, and you made a big sale where you sold something that was worth $1,000. Well, hey, you did that work, and you made that big sale, but all you're going to get is that $10 an hour, while your employer gets that $1,000. So, you're essentially working for an employer that reaps the benefits of your labor. Now, I paraphrase the Marxist economist Richard Wolff. We didn't accept being ruled over by lords and kings who told us what to do. We lopped their heads off. Now, why should we tolerate our current system that has complete control over our lives by an employer for 8 to 12 hours a day? That's a good little summary by Richard Wolff. Marx believed that humans are unique and special compared to animals. Animals do things to meet their needs in order to survive. You know, use the bathroom, hunt for food, drink water, sleep, and reproduce. But us humans, in addition to doing these things, we're capable of doing things for pleasure, for self-enjoyment, and for fun. Our work, our activities, our hobbies, they're the physical manifestations of who we are. We express ourselves through cooking, dancing, singing, building, playing an instrument, lifting weights, reading, etc. Now, when we're essentially forced to work to survive, just to earn a wage that is then used to pursue our personal goals, we're completely disconnected from truly pursuing what we want to do and what's important to us. Now, to put it simplistically, working for an employer that has complete control over your life for eight plus hours a day prevents us from doing what we want to do. Now, the realization that work would consume more than a third of my day for the next 30 years is a scary thing. Now, it's true that I probably have it better than some other people. I'm working in an industry that I studied and somewhat care about. 
but I'm really also thinking about the people working in laundromats, grocery stores, the waiters, the janitors, the cleaners, basically those that have to grind 12 hours plus a day for seven days a week like my father. I'm thinking about them and how they have to go through such an existence without the free time necessary to do something that they love, to spend time with their kids, to spend time with their loved ones. I'm thinking about the people who cope with alcohol, with drugs, or other risky practices. Well, why don't you go find a better job or be self-employed? Self, some people might say. Okay, sure. Fair point. But the idea is to change the system. Being self-employed or finding a better job kind of works one person at a time instead of uplifting the mass of working people and changing the whole relationship between employer and employee. Finding a job that you love kind of sounds silly if you really think about it. Now firstly, there's a limited supply of quote, good jobs that will satisfy everyone's desires. So it's still a limited amount. Now finding a better job also doesn't fundamentally change the you know, the employer-employee relationship. The employer still has control over your work, how much you're going to get paid, how to do the work. And here's the kicker. You're still bringing in more value than what you're getting paid. Because why would they hire you in the first place? The money is going to the bosses, not to you. Now sure, maybe you're getting paid more. Maybe the company culture is more chill. Maybe there's, you know, free catered lunch. But there's still limitations in all of this. It's similar to being self-employed. Okay, you know, you're setting your own hours, deciding how much you want to work and so on, but there's still external forces affecting you. Are you making enough money to survive? How much do you have to compete with other contractors? Do you need to raise prices? Now there are market forces still affecting you. So these are strategies that kind of alleviate the misery a bit, but are not actual solutions to our capitalist mode of production and our relations to production. What I'm really trying to say is, we shouldn't accept our current situation. Medieval peasants worked significantly less compared to people today. Now of course, they didn't live in a capitalist society, and material conditions in the Middle Ages were significantly different from today. But that just goes to show that our circumstances can and will change. To say that this is just how it is and will be forever is just a historical. You know, as hopeful and optimistic that that sounds, I still can't help but feel down and out. It's really quite depressing. But we still have to keep fighting and keep learning and pushing forward to transform our society to be more just and to maximize freedom for all.